What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great and having a wonderful weekend. I'm really excited because we're launching out on a new series called What Would Jesus Undo? Like, I don't know how old you are or how, how long you've been in church, but several decades ago, there were some bracelets that came out, and, and they would say WWJD, and that stood for What Would Jesus Do? And so we're going to take a little bit of a different spin on that, and what would Jesus undo? And, and before we get into the, the series and the message for this morning, I, I want to just kind of share a little bit. It's a little bit of a confessional for me. And, and one of the things for me, uh, if, if you're unaware, you're, you're newer to Grace Church, one of the things that I share every once in a while is about my aggressive driving. Uh, like I'm a little bit of an aggressive driver. I love to drive fast. I love to weave in and out of traffic. If there's two lanes, like I'm finding my way to, to get in and around. And, and, like, and, and, and I might be to the red light, but I beat you to the red light. And so I'm glad about that. And, and so when, when we're there and, and we're at the red light, one of the things that's, that happens every once in a while, like I'm boom, 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 you know, zigzagging and I'm there and we stop and some people will pull up next to me and, and, and they'll pull out their finger and, and, and they'll not to point at me like shame on you. How dare you drive? But they pull out their finger and they go, wait a second. Don't I know you? Aren't you Pastor Aaron? And, and so the deal, part of the, one of the things that's so hard for me being an aggressive driver is I have a Grace Church Melbourne sticker on, the, on my truck, on my rear window of my truck, and I will zigzag and I will tear it up uh, through the community. And so, man, I'll tell you what, sometimes I have to remember, you know, that that sticker's there. And, and so when you talk about things that Jesus would undo, right, there's an attitude that he addressed directly in scripture, scripture multiple times. It's actually an attitude that he despised. And it's the attitude of hypocrisy. And, and so when, when you talk about hypocrisy, it's, it's when we claim one thing, but we actually live a different way. And so how many of you would be willing to raise your hand because you know somebody else that's a hypocrite. Go ahead and put your hand up. Like, you know somebody else, like they're a hypocrite. I don't want you to put your hand up for you. Like, I would never do that. And if they're sitting right next to you, don't point at them. Like, that's not cool. Like, we're, we're not going to do that. But there's a possibility that you know somebody that's a hypocrite. And the thing about that, it's often easier for us to identify hypocrisy in other people than it is for us to identify in our own lives. And, and when you begin to even look at churches and people in churches, one of the common complaints of people that are outside of the church is that people that go to church are all hypocrites. All of them, they're all hypocrites. Like they, they all say this stuff and they don't follow it. And, and here's the deal for those of us that, that have been in church for a little while or are newer to church or newer to following Christ, we would look at that and we go, well, there, there is a little bit of truth to that. You know, if, if we would fully acknowledge it and admit it, you know, but what we're doing is we're saying, hey, we know that we're sinful, right? For those of us that, that we love Jesus, but we know we're not perfect. I mean, come on. We're totally honest. We know that we're going to make mistakes. But a person that is disconnected from the church, they look at the church and they look at the people in the church and they're a little bit disappointed, that we aren't living differently. Because here, I believe that deep down, they want us to live differently. They want us to truly believe and live what we're saying and what, what, what we know in our heart is true and right. They want us to do that because they want something to buy into as well. But they want to be convinced that we're convinced that it's true and right. And so 
For us here at Grace Church, we want to be different. You know, we want to, to stand out. We want to, to show the love of Christ. We want to wear love out in our community. We, we want to follow Christ uh, as our example in our lives. It's so important. And we don't want to be influenced by culture and, and the way that society might decide or make decisions or and go about their lives. And we certainly don't want to be selfishly motivated by the things that we do and how we go about our lives. We, we want to be Christ-focused. And so maybe, just maybe, you have experienced hypocrisy, maybe in your life or somebody you know, or possibly in the church. And, and I know when it, when it happens in the church, gosh, it, it maybe was somebody that, that you even looked up to spiritually, Right where they represented one thing, but then they acted totally different than what they were saying and communicating and outside the church. And and gosh, I mean, sometimes it's it's you know maybe a former pastor of yours, or it could have been you know a leader in your church, or it, it could have been like a family member, like a parent. You know, where out in, in the community they were a certain way, but behind closed doors at home they were different. And you know, disregarding uh, churches, it, it used to be. Uh, you know, years in the past, still some churches are, are this way, uh, not nearly as many as what it, what it used to be several, several years ago, but where, where pastors were held in high regard. You know, I, I'm not talking about like, you know, respecting them or honoring them. Like, that's a good thing to respect the pastor. And like, I get that. And I appreciate that. And, and honoring a pastor and, and, and our calling. But I'm talking about how some people will look at pastors and, and they'll kind of see them as better than normal people. A little bit lofty, like a little bit more holy, you know, kind of like on a pedestal per se. And some pastors, unfortunately, um, would buy into this where they would think that they are and would live like that. And so they would talk the, that way and they would look the, that way and they would kind of fill this role and, and they were unwilling to kind of let anybody know about their struggles because they, they had a certain persona that they had to follow and live by. And, and now, if you've come to Grace Church for more than just a few weeks and you are fully aware that we do not do that, anybody, any, anybody on the pastoral staff, anybody that speaks up here, and certainly myself, we share. We share openly about the struggles that we face, uh, the things that we battle, the things that we encounter. And, and I've just decided uh, in my life that I would rather be open and honest and transparent than deceptive and hypocritical. I've just decided that in my life, and so I share stories about driving too fast in the community and the eight tickets that I've gotten in, one, in my driving. And like, I, I'm not proud of that. Yeah, you can't believe it because you don't have as many as me. I know. Um, all the teenagers out there, you did not hear that. Like, Pastor, like you're, you have to have that conversation with your parents. Anyways, so anytime like, I start to begin to feel a little bit judgmental, Right or hypocritical or you know um, criti criticizing other people about things that they do in their life uh, before I allow that to rise up and, and you know get a little bit haughty in my life about how I live uh, I'm reminded of a particular verse and I really think that God reminds me of this and I want to share this with you this is Psalm 130 verse three it says Lord if you kept a record of our sins who O oh Lord could ever survive. And so what this is, what this verse is talking about is what if there were a list of sins that you and I have committed in our lifetime that are laid out on display for all to see? 
I don't know if you've seen the commercial recently, but there's a commercial that where when people walk by this certain screen, like all of a sudden their social security number pops up, their credit card number, their date of birth, and you know their, their password and their dog's name, and like all that stuff pops up on a screen, and, and, and you know security's a big deal, and so we get that. But man, what if you walked by this certain screen and all the sins that you have ever committed are listed out on that screen? I mean, that, that's what this verse reminds me of. Like, who could stand that? Like, that would be terrible. That would be awful. And so for us, those, those of us that are in the church and following after Christ, we, we'll acknowledge, right, our sinfulness. We go, you know, I'm not perfect. Like, I totally make mistakes. But what Jesus would undo is hypocrisy and the hypocrisy that you and I have in our life. So what I want to talk about and how I want to focus on this and kind of address this in this message is in order for us to understand what hypocrisy is, sometimes we have to talk about what it is and what it is not, right? And so hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did, okay? You know what I'm talking about, how we wished we behaved and what we actually did, where you and I might say, gosh, I, I wish I didn't fall into that particular temptation, but I got tripped up, I got wrapped up in it, and, and I actually did it, I said it, you know, and I wish I didn't, or I wish I didn't say those things out loud that I was thinking, and, but I did, and it came out of my mouth, and, and so here's the deal with that. That's just sin, Right? Those are the things that we know we shouldn't do, but, but we, we find ourselves doing them. And, and being a Christian does not mean that we're perfect. Right, We're forgiven and we walk in God's grace and goodness. But it does and should mean that we're growing and becoming more like Christ. Right? That's the goal. That's the intent in us following after him. So that's what hypocrisy is not. Now, hypocrisy is, here's the difference. It's the gap between what we show and who we are. Not, not just simply the things that we say or the things that we wish we did, but we're talking about what we show in, 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 to people and who we truly are. So what we're saying is not only the things that we communicate, but it's how we're living. It's, our, it's the difference between our public persona and our private life, our private integrity. And there's a, a powerful uh, gut-wrenching verse, two verses of scripture that, that confront this. And it's in the book of Titus chapter one, verse 15 and 16. It says, everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God but they deny him by the way that they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. And so when I read those verses, I'm like, ouch, like, are you kidding me? That's a punch in the stomach. I should have warned you to, to, to flex your abs to, to get ready for that verse because this is like a punch in the gut type verse where we're going, oh, it's like the things that we claim, the things that we deny, the way that we live, like, that, like that's very confronting. And so Jesus during his, his ministry, he would often preach against the hypocrites. Uh, multiple times, like he talked, talked about hypocrites, and, and he would address them. He would speak harshly against them. And so what the reason he would do this is because he was talking about people that would hide behind a mask. 
And it would be a shame if I did not take this opportunity to show you like what it is to live behind a mask. Like, come on, Captain America fans. Like, you know, so this, this is what it is. This is what these verses are talking about, where, where we talk about a certain thing and live a certain way, but we're wearing a mask. It's like a facade. It's something that we're not truly doing and living. And so this happens in churches all the time. You know, let, let, let's pretend like maybe, you know, you're one of those people, like you're, you're happy Christian. You, you put on the mask of happy Christian and, and you're like, you walk in on Sunday morning and you're kind of bouncing. You're like, hey, everything's good. Like, what's up with you? How you doing? I'm doing great. But the reality is you're not doing great. You know, Sunday afternoon, you go home and you're depressed and you feel lonely and you feel hurt. You feel disconnected from people. You do feel disconnected from God. You're harboring resentment. But oh, on Sunday morning, you can't, uh, you can't show that. You can't, like, you got to be happy. But behind closed doors, it's a little bit different. Or maybe you're one of those people where, hey, you know, to people's face, you say nice things about them and you acknowledge them and, and you talk nicely about them. But behind their back, you speak and say things that are the opposite and harsh and judgmental and critical and negative. And scripture calls that gossip and backbiting. And so that's a, a, a face and a facade. And one of the things that we uh, do not allow here at Grace Church is gossip. Uh, I, I believe and it, it shows us that gossip is something that the enemy wants to do and bring inside of churches to cause division, where he wants people to, to say things negatively about them behind their back because then eventually they find out and there's hostility and harshness. There. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do inside of this house, inside of this church. And we don't allow that. And so Jesus, he would hate it. He hated it when people wore masks. He's like, you're, you're saying one thing, but you're doing something totally different. You're a hypocrite. And people in the church, unfortunately, can get very judgmental. We can get very critical where we pull out our finger and we go, you know, you, you shouldn't act that way. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't live like that. But in fact, that person who pulls their finger out, like behind closed doors, they're the ones that are sometimes falling prey to secret sins and secret addictions that they don't want anybody else to see. But they'll speak about certain behaviors, but then act the opposite. And so Jesus confronted this understanding of hypocrisy and what it is and what it looks like. And, and in, uh, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew 7, verse 3, this is what he says. He says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? And so Jesus is confronting those people that get judgmental and critical and point their finger when really they, they, you know, the issues we have in our life are far greater than the ones that we're trying to correct in others. And so Jesus gives several examples of hypocrisy. And this is in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus talks about giving money. He says in verse two, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward that they will ever get. So he's talking about giving and giving on display and for people to see and, and to get noticed uh, because of our generosity. Then he also talks about praying publicly in verse five, same chapter, a few verses later, he says, hey, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. 
I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that they will ever get. And then he talks a little bit more in, in verse 16 about fasting. He says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. Now, there's a few things that I want to pull out in, in these three examples that I give, right? We're talking about giving, giving of our finances and giving back to God. We're talking about uh, give, uh, praying publicly, and we're talking about fasting. One of the things I want to point out is the first few words in each of these verses that Jesus is teaching is, and when you. So, so what he's doing is he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to a group of people. He's teaching them. He's saying, and when you. So to me, when I see those three words in a line, he's like, and when you give. So for you and I, what he's saying very directly, directly is we should be giving. We should be tithing. And when you tithe, when you give, when you're generous, when you show this, when you give back to the Lord, you shouldn't do it like the hypocrites do. And when you pray, you should be praying to God, not publicly to, to draw attention to ourselves. And so when Jesus is communicating like this, it is very clear that these are supposed to be part of our regular spiritual disciplines. Like we are to be giving and praying out loud. We are to be, praying, to be fasting for other people. Like we should be doing that like tithing and, and praying for others. And I know sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people uh, about praying out loud and they'll go, oh, I don't pray out loud. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't pray out loud? And so anytime, and, and maybe you, if I asked you, if you and I were having coffee and we were sitting down and we had a one-on-one -on -one conversation and I said, you know, do, do you pray out loud? Oh, I don't pray out loud. And you would communicate that to me. My question to you would be why? Uh, like I, I'll simply ask you why? Why is it of them are uh, something like this? Well, I've gotten a lot of different answers, a lot of different responses. Most of them uh, are something like this, where they go, oh, like I'm just not comfortable. Like, I'm, I'm not comfortable praying out loud like in front of people, and I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. And, and so here's what I communicate to you on this day as your pastor. I would say very clearly, then start practicing. If you're not comfortable with the, pr the way that you pray and thinking that the words that you're saying are wrong, which they're not wrong, it's just kind of you getting in your own way, like I would say start practicing those prayers out loud or in the mirror or in the bathroom, maybe by yourself or with your coworker, just try it a few times, maybe with your spouse or with your kids. Because here's the deal. If you were in a speech class, like you were in a college course, you would be required to stand in front of all the students and to give a speech. You know, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, you would have to give a speech. And here's the deal. You would do it. It's a requirement. And so I would say very directly to you, prayer is simply talking to God. We make it more difficult. You have conversations all the time with people, with friends, with pe people you don't even know. And you're going to tell me you're not comfortable having a conversation with God? I just, I'm pressing on you a little bit to, to draw this out because that's what I see prayer is. It's, it's like, you know, I, I've never, ever had somebody tell me no when I've asked to pray for them. If I encounter somebody, whether it's here in our church and in the community, somebody I know or don't, I'll say, hey, you know, would it be okay if I prayed with you? Nobody has ever, ever told me no. And so Jesus is saying, and when you pray publicly for those people, and when you give, and when you fast, I mean, to me, the, the, 
praying with other people is one of the greatest forms of outreach that we can do. I mean, imagine the people that you know that you work with, they're going through something and you say, hey, can I pray with you? Like they are going to be blown away and they're going to thank you. What, what an incredible way for us to show God's love towards other people, to talk to God on their behalf. And so Jesus, he would undo hypocrisy, right? He would undo it. In Matthew chapter 23, he hammered, he hammers people uh, regarding hypocrisy. I mean, he, they, they were being hypocritical. It was the religious leaders and he went after them directly with intention. In, in Matthew 23, verse 27, here's what it says. What sorrow awaits you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, with an exclamation point, like homeboys fired up. Hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. And so what this is, if, if we're totally honest and totally transparent, we want to look good on the outside. I mean, come on, somebody, let's be honest with her. Like, we want to look good to other people. But the problem is, when Jesus was confronting these religious leaders, these were the ones that were supposed to be being the example. They gave the, the, the example that everything is right and good, but inside, they were empty, even decrepit and decaying, far from God. They were more concerned about what other people saw than the actual intent and the, the, and the private vices that were corroding them on the inside. I mean, they, they were so fake in how they lived their life. And when Jesus was confronting them, please notice he did not say, what sorrow awaits you people who use bad words and watch inappropriate shows on Netflix? Like, he didn't say that. Now, those things are not righteous and holy, and God does certainly call us to a higher standard, no doubt. But Jesus was addressing very directly the people who pretend, the people who are wearing a mask. I mean, directly. I mean, he, he was going after them big time. And I would say in this day and age, if we were to transfer this over to, to our culture and, you know, here and now, I would say that, that social media is a breeding ground for hypocrisy. I mean, gosh, you're talking about posts and pictures, making everybody think that everything's great and everything's so good and, and all the selfies. And it's like, oh, you know, the selfie of me and picture of me. And, but when, when it, after that photo session's done, you're sad and down and depressed and hurt and lonely. I mean, parents are notorious for this. Parents of kids that are in school posting about their kids and their grades, and, and you'll put all the A's out there and all the B's that they're getting, and when your kid gets all the stuff and the award and the ribbon, and, but man, I'll tell you what, I don't see many posting pictures of your kid laying on the floor in the grocery store, kicking and screaming, having a tantrum. I don't see you videoing that and posting that. I don't see the picture of the F that your kid got on their final exam. I don't ever see those. 
And, and gosh, I mean, if, if you're married and you go out on a date with your spouse, you, you put it out and you cheek to cheek and you take a picture of you and your spouse. But the reality is, is you guys were fighting for the majority of that date and you didn't even sleep in the same bed that night. I mean, pictures of, of, of things that are fake, and I mean, a picture of a person doing a devotion. You got your Bible out, you're at the beach, you got your coffee, and you make sure to take, you get your coffee and the Bible there, but you spent more time editing the photo than you did actually reading the scripture that you had. I mean, where we give this appearance that we want people to see for business leaders, right? We want to be a strong business leader, even a strong Christian business leader and an influencer in the community. But behind closed doors, some of the decisions that we're making are shady and questionable. But we want everybody to know like, oh, I put the fish on my business card. It's what happens is when we do that, we wear a mask and we get it and we understand that visual aid, but it often starts out really small. And we've been doing it so long that we start believing the lie, thinking that the lifestyle that we're leading is normal. And in fact, it's not. We just get to the point where we realize we're not wearing a mask. And so I'm here to encourage you, to challenge you. Jesus would undo hypocrisy. One of the stories that I want to share with you, it's, it's heart-wrenching. Um, about this, my, my brother's daughter's uh, husband. So my nephew-in-law, there you go. My nephew-in-law, he works at his local police department in a different state in a city. And he has a degree in criminology, real smart guy, young, right out of college, young, young couple, great. And his goal is he wants to be an investigator. Like that's what he wants to do. That's why he got his degree in criminology. And so he looks really young, like cute young face, you know, like squeezed cheeks, kind of cute little guy. And he's got curly hair. Like he's just, he looks, he is young and he looks even younger, right? He's got baby face on him. And so what... The heart-wrenching part is they, they use him as a target in whenever they're doing pedophile sting operations in the city where he lives. And so one time he shared a story with us how they caught a man, it was a dad, of one of the local churches in the area. And then that's like, like our heart sinks when we hear stories like that. And people walk away from the church because of stories like that. And was the man wrong? Absolutely. Like, that's terrible. That's, that's horrific. And, and I totally get that. I mean, it, but man, gosh. What the, I, and I think about, how did he ever get there? How did that man ever get to that place? And we all point the finger and, and wonder. And so here's the reality. It probably started with something small. It often does in our lives. Something small that we allow to remain, we hide up, we cover, a mask that we put on our face, that we show a certain thing to other people, but behind closed doors, we're living a different lifestyle. And right now, if you're here or you're listening online and you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, that's okay. What that is, is that's, that's actually the Holy Spirit. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit coming in your life, coming in our lives. And so here's what I want to encourage you. That's a good thing because what he's trying to do is he's trying to bring about awareness. And so self-awareness 
If we've got a mask and we're living a hypocritical, hypocritical lifestyle, that's a good thing. So I want to encourage you to be open to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying, what, what he's revealing. And, and it's uncomfortable, and I get it. But we have hope and we have encouragement, and we can take steps forward. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. It says, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. And so what he's communicating is it's not just about being fake on the outside, wearing a mask. It's about the spiritual work on the inside that God wants to do because Jesus had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, zero, none at all. He was very confronting. I mean, very, very direct against the religious leaders because they thought that they had it all figured out. But Jesus was saying, no, 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 no. You're nowhere close to what you think because they were hollow and decrepit on the inside. So zero tolerance for a hypocrite. But Jesus has unlimited grace and forgiveness for a sinner unlimited love and acceptance for somebody who's willing to come before him and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't live like this. I want to change. Like unlimited grace, time and time again, forgiveness. And so Jesus didn't come to, to, for those who want to appear to be righteous. He came for those of us that know, we know we're not right. We know we need a savior. And so I want to encourage you, like it's time to drop the mask. It's time to take the mask off. Because we have nothing to fear when we have nothing to hide. And that's a powerful statement that we need to allow to penetrate our soul because we're not perfect and we know it. And we know we need Jesus. And so let's just acknowledge that and live like that. So we need the confession. We need the forgiveness. We need other people that we can talk to about this kind of stuff. We need relationships in our life and friendships. That's why here at Grace Church, we have connection groups. You've gotta be with other people in a group like it, it you have to, because we're not gonna make it if we don't. But when we sit down and we talk with other people and we, we share and, and we're open and vulnerable and we, we're, we communicate with the Lord and we take masks off, he gives us this unlimited measure of grace. And there's one final verse that I wanna share with you, because as you look at your life and you evaluate, and there's a verse that King David shared in Psalm 139, verse 1. Here's what he says. He says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to examine your heart. I want you to just be vulnerable before God and expose yourself and be like, God, you know me, God. And I even dare you to say, God, search me. Search me on the inside. Reveal the areas where I'm wearing a mask. Show me. I want to know. I want to see. And here's what I want to encourage you with. The reason King David said that, I, I would just echo because we are not looking for an outward behavior modification. That's not my goal. That's not, that's not, I would say that's not even God's goal. I would say that Jesus and, and I and we, we want spiritual inward transformation. Like God wants to penetrate our heart in who we are. Because when he grabs a hold of our heart and we're willing to change on the inside, what happens is how we process and how we do, that will come out. 
So the outward behavior will be changed when we deal with the inside, the parts that we're hiding, the parts that we're ashamed of, the mask that we're wearing to cover those things. And so I just want to encourage, like, we can have this. We can have this. Jesus offers this to us. So he just needs us to come before him just in humility and and needing and wanting and and desiring forgiveness. And and for those of you that are here, there may be some of you where you don't have a direct connection with Jesus. It, It may be just maybe you don't feel like you have a relationship with Christ, right? You know about him and you know who he is. But if I asked you, you know, where your connection is with Christ, you maybe would even admit you're not really sure. If you're not 100% sure, you have an incredible opportunity here and now where, where in scripture it says that we can pray, we can believe in our heart that God sent his son and Jesus died and he rose again for us so that we could have forgiveness for, the, for our decisions, for the things that we've done, for the lifestyle we've led. And then we continue to walk in that forgiveness. And that's an amazing thing. It's very liberating. But maybe some of you, you know you need that. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Uh, just, uh, I, I just want you to acknowledge that you need Christ and, and, and want Him and desire Him because that's what He's looking for. He's looking at our heart and acknowledging somebody that's desiring Him. And so if everybody here in the auditorium, if you'd be willing to bow your head and close your eyes so nobody's looking around, after we you know, pray to receive salvation, we'll pray about our struggles and our hypocrisy, and we'll address that for every single one of us. But a few moments ago, I said to some of you, you might not have a connection with Christ. You know that you're not following him, but you know you need to. And so I've asked everybody's eyes to be closed. Nobody's looking around. Everybody is reflecting and being reverent before the Lord. And, but I would ask that you would just go ahead and slip your hand up. Go ahead and do that right now. Those of you right here that you go, I know I need Jesus. I know I need to surrender him. I know I need to turn my life over to him and follow him. Yeah, thank you so much. Several hands. You're not the only one, I promise you. Yeah, that, thank you so much. You can go ahead and put your hands down. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray. And I just want you to pray and, and maybe repeat the words that I'm praying. But what God is doing is he's looking at your heart. So just pray to him out of desperation, out of need and want and desire. And maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Jesus, I I see that you're God's son. I know that you came and died. I know that you were on the cross and you laid your life down for me. Jesus, thank you so much for doing that. I'm so sorry for the things that I've done. Would you please forgive me? I don't want to live like that. I want to honor you. I want to follow you. I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus, thank you so much for rising again and for your victory over sin and death and that now I get to walk in that. Thank you so much for the victory that I can have in my life with my new faith in you, my relationship with you. And Father, right now, I pray for every single one of us. 
uh, and, our, and the, the things that we're processing now and the hypocrisy that we're battling, the mask, the areas of our life where we've shielded from other people. God, we feel so vulnerable right now. But I know that's your spirit, that's you're working inside of us. And so, Lord, we just acknowledge that and we apologize. Lord, please forgive us. And we want to take the masks off. We're tired of being fake that we've hidden for so long. Being real, having an area of our life that we've hidden for so long. And so, Father, we expose that before you. And Lord, thank you so much for your forgiveness that you do not look at us in scorn or condemnation, but you bring forgiveness and grace on top of grace, unlimited grace for us. As we acknowledge this before you, Lord, would you pour out your spirit in incredible ways that we would be able to deal with this and that you would penetrate us on the inside. We love you, God. You're incredible. Thank you so much for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you